0: We're live from the res here. Special guest, Mr. Emerson Joe, Native Inc. in the house. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. i get here, Bennett. It's good.
1: Um, good afternoon, relative. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely, man. It's good to see you. Um, even though I'm kind of not seeing you because you're covered up, which is good, you know, for precautionary times right now. Um, I'm sure everybody in the world's got to know what's going on. The coronavirus, COVID-19 you know, it's hit it's hit the world. And, you know, I'm really thankful to have you here because I know recently, you know, we look at the native world that it's hit. It's hit the Colorado River. It's hit up in Washington. It's hit different parts of the native world. But I think nowhere else has been hit harder so, so far than Navajo Nation, your homelands. And I know recently you went out there and, uh, you know, the call was made. They needed help. And you went out there to help your people and you took some supplies and things like that. So I'm thankful to have you in here and I wanted to ask you about it, man. What what was you know what was the vibe and and uh, what was that journey like?
1: Uh, the journey, the journey was uh, it was a hard one. It was uh, the 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 decision, you know, and, and seeing all the all the footage and the news about what was going on from the very start of the first two people who who caught. The virus and it just erupted throughout the whole whole reservation, you know, like wildfire. Mm-hmm. And it, it it hit close, it hit real close uh, when you know the 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 people started passing away and and the uh, <clears throat> one of the elders, you know, that I know started uh, giving us uh, a feedback on what was going on out there when we arrived out in Monument Valley Ojeto area. And the the call that, that made us want to do it was that seeing all the donations uh, go to the main towns, uh, Tuba City, uh, Chinle, Winderock. And coming from from out there, from the coming out there from the from the mud, you know, I I, I know where the the hardships are, you know, because I lived it, you know, I lived in that hardship, right, you know, how relatives that, that, that live the way out there in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And every time I go back to the reservation, I always make a trip out to Monument Valley to the homeland and and set up shop and then the navajo people they they liked that when i would come out there and i made a lot of good friends a lot of good connections out there so you know i told myself one day one day i'm gonna get back
2: mm-hmm. because
1: they always get back to me when i go out there they're always happy to see me when i pull up with new product you know mm-hmm. because they don't have to travel two hours to a white man's town to go to a, a white man's mall to go buy uh, shirts for their for their native children so when I pull up and and they see native shirts they they're happy about it because mm-hmm. they don't have to make that trip to town
2: yeah so, so
1: they're grateful so when when that came when that time came you know to get back it was already natural I felt it in my heart, and I felt it in my spirit. You know, it said, you must go, you gotta go. And and, and coming from a military, Marine Corps background, we were always first first to fight, first to flight. You know, we were the the bullet stoppers, you know, and and serving uh two two terms in Iraq, you know, and, and coming back with that. PTSD it was it was, it was was kind of hard for me for a couple of years you know and having to learn from it and deal from it you know I got better and when any call outs happen you know ever since Standing Rock, Line 3 Pipeline, uh, No Bayou Bridge Pipeline um, Protect Bears Ears and every time they put a call out I went because that's what warriors do you know, warriors go when that call out comes, when there's war time. But when there's no war time, we're servants to our people, we're servants to our community. So that's that's where it comes from. You know, that's where my elders, that's where my mom, you know, that's where I got it from. So it it wasn't it was already in you know, told to me by the elders. Mm-hmm. And when that time came, it was like, it was time, it was, it was time to act, and, and I'm a warrior before I'm a hustler, you know, I, I, I sell native ink clothing, I sell natives with attitude clothing, you know, and, and I greatly appreciate everybody who's, who's bought from me, because, you know, all that money I saved up, you know, that's, that's what I used to, to Um, get 200 medical face masks, you know, and and as soon as I got it, you know, I I posted it and all the money left, I took it and and, and bought donations and also got help from the people of Los Angeles, uh, some people from Temecula, Rincon Reservation, Pechanga Reservation, uh, Hesperia, and also uh, Victorville. And they all made it happen. The, the um, tribes came together. It wasn't just it wasn't just red people. It was city natives. It was it was indigenous in natives. You know, Mexican natives. It mm-hmm. was it was indigenous natives from South America. We all came together as one tribe.
0: That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. That's something you see nowadays. You know, it's like long time ago it seemed like the dialogue there was definitely like a us us them or you know we them type of mentality where it's like us natives and then all oh, those people down there are Mexican or there's some other but like in the that's one of the the beautiful things in the last 10 years that I've seen it seems like with the internet and and with people coming together and, and social media getting to know each other that now we're all indigenous people from from this land here you know whether you're from here in San Diego like my people Kumeyaay Tipay or whether you're from out in New Mexico or down in central america we're all indigenous to this land and it's beautiful that we come together like that yes. especially in a time like now uh-huh. you know when people need it and what what i think is really interesting sometimes is that even though we're from such different locations and, and and climates and environments you know and landscapes and stuff and a lot of times we look real different or even our modern times we're living in different we have so much that's so similar and the same you know like you talking about you know I, I think a lot a lot of people probably don't know that you're in the you're in the military when they see you you know they just see an indian dude you know and But yeah, you did do that military service, just like so many of our native peoples have done, even though the nation has done us dirty with all the history, but we have that like warrior spirit within not just one tribe, but really it's pretty common. Like every nation has that warrior way where, you know, you are, you do serve your people like you're talking about. You do go to the front lines when the call is made to try to protect your family and the people. And it's like that has helped increase military involvement where, you know, per capita natives have served. You know, since World War One, we've served more than any other demographic in the United States. And I know military like my nephew he went to Afghanistan. My dad was in Vietnam. My grandpa was in World War Two. You know, these guys are proud. They were proud to serve. You know, it wasn't always good. And, you know, I'm sure they have their own commentaries on it. But and I meet a lot of natives and they're proud to say that, you know, hey, the call was made and I went, you know. And then when they come home to be able to continue that call, it's a powerful thing to To see, I believe, I think it's cool that that's there, the idea that we take care of our people and selfishly, you know, and be humble about it and things like that. So thank you for your service, man. That's that's a beautiful thing to hear that all these people are coming together like that to help, you know, to give, because that's what it's going to take for us to continue to the next generation.
1: And the great thing about it is that, you know, all tribes came together, you know, from the north to the south. You know, to the west, to the east, all even all the way from Hawaii. Shout out to Tina from Hawaii, nice. giving the 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 face mask for the kids, and also also uh Sofina from LA because she also made uh face masks for the kids too. So I want to get that shout out, you know, to them, and and also sh- um, shout out, you know, to Danny, you know, from the. From, from the Mapuche tribe. From South America. you know We're all coming together. That eagle and condor mm-hmm. is flying. And that prophecy is happening. Of all of us tribe coming together as one. So we can live another thousand years. Mm-hmm. No more fighting. The one that's another. No more. No more. No more reservations. No more borders. No more boundaries. No more hating. If they don't know. What it is, it's up to us to teach them. Because that's how our elders did it. And I know, and mean, that's how our ancestors did it. And our ancestors are watching right now. And everything, like what we do, and what are we gonna do? So, we, we, we when we arrived to Monument Valley, you know, I, I um, we didn't call nobody, you know, I just, you know, just knew where the the, the, the people that don't have running water and electricity live. Mm-hmm. And we contacted the chapter house. They were closed. Those are the tribal members that run the the town. And they were closed. So we went to the visitor center next. And there was three Navajo ladies there that were still working. And they didn't have no mask. It was so we out, went, there the yeah, out there in the middle of like yeah, out there in the middle nowhere. So we, so we pulled up on them, and and we said, hey, hello ladies. You know, uh, we're coming from California. We have donations from 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 the people of California that want to give give out to the elders that live out here. You know, to the grandmas and grandpas that need it. And the ladies were so happy. And I pulled up. I said, hold on, ladies. Do you have face masks? they like, no. So I ran to the truck, grabbed a couple, grabbed a stack, and threw it to them, and they put it on right there, boom. And wow. They are happy. They're like, yes, yes, that's what we needed. So they made a contact with the senior center of Ojeto, who the, the, the driver who drives the elders around. So she came, met us there, and we followed her to the senior center in Ojeto. And we we had to take the dirt road to get all the way out there in the back of the canyon. And when we pulled up, we we opened up, we opened up the back of the vehicle, at back of the SUV, and we just started boxing up. We started boxing up um, twenty five boxes of, of food donations, canned food, uh, canned soup, uh, canned fruits, top ramen. Water, uh, vitamin C packs, laundry detergent, powdered laundry detergent, hand soap, uh, toilet paper, uh,
0: cases of water. One thing I and, saw on your on your social yeah, on your social was yeah. you know I didn't realize this and you know because I'm a Cali Indian you know like we got we we're near the stores. I want to make a mask. I'll go to down the yeah. store get bring it back. You know what I mean it's we have a lot of things that are very close to us. But out there, you know, my first thought when this thing happened was like, you know, Indians, we kind of have a little bit of an, uh, an uh, we're pretty out, we're not in the middle of the cities, we're we're pushed out into reservations, especially here in East County and San Diego, we're pushed out, we're, we're going to be able to, you know, we're rural, we're kind of because of that, that spacing, we might do better off with this thing if it's about, you know, exposure, you know, when you think about a place like, like Navajo Nation, I know when I've driven through there, they're so far apart from each other, I thought, oh, man, you know, these guys are going to be okay, because ain't no one going to get in there. You know, there ain't no way the germs are gonna, you know, contaminate everybody because you're so far apart, so far apart. You know, there's no contact, but that's that's not what happened. They got the contact. The disease showed up there. The sickness got there. And then what should have been something that would help them, which is being so remote, turns into something that is such a, a, a hurtful thing. Because now, if they are sick or they need supplies, they do any of these things. They're so far away from the town. They're so far away. So something you think that would help and aid them becomes something so so. uh Dangerous, you know, and and makes it a difficult situation even more difficult. That's rough. And I, what I saw on your go, um, I saw you on uh, social media, the Instagram or something. You were kind of sharing some of the stuff that you were given. And what caught my ear was that you were talking about people not having running water, refrigerators, electricity, things like that that we wouldn't even think about. So it's like, oh man, send them all this stuff, but it's like, no, you need something that they can kind of store a little bit, you yes. know, canned food yes. or or dry stuff, you know, and obviously. You know, we want to give them healthy items and things like that. But I just—it was like, it really just did something in my mind. I was like, man, yeah, that's right, man. If you're, if you're getting sick right now, you don't got a refrigerator. You don't have like, you know, some of the bare essential type things like running water. You know, everyone's saying, go wash your hands, go, you know, and it's like, well, if you don't even got running water, that's a difficult thing yeah. to do, to go simply wash your hands, you know, because when this first started, that was what people were saying. Oh, it's not a big deal. Just go wash your hands. And it's like, well, that's the easy thing to say if you have running water, if you have soap, you know, oh, just wear a mask. That's an easy thing to do if you have a mask or you have someone near you who sews to kind of make you something. You know, and me, even when this started, I was like, I'm not working on masks. But my niece, um, shout out Sarah Amador, I'm going to have her and my nephew in too. She right away went up to sewing. I went over and, what are you doing? She's like, oh, she had all these things laid out. She was sewing masks and she made a grip for, um. For our elders here in my res, and the next res over, my wife's res, San Isabel, she made a bunch, gave it to my wife, my wife's on council, she took them up, and she gave them all out to the elders, so they have masks, and you know, this mask I'm wearing right now, she made this, I, you know, like, I didn't have to worry about a mask, she did give us a couple, right. so it's kind of like, these are things you take for granted, you know what I mean, but if you don't have those, and you're out in the remote areas, and you can't access a store, because the nearest store is closed down because of the stay-home order, now you're just without supplies. You're out there by yourself in the middle of it, and you don't have no help. That's something that just it really triggered in my mind when I heard you say that. On your, on your I think you were doing a go-live or something. I was like, oh, man, that's right. They're so far out. Yes, you yes. get sick, and you're so far out, and you don't have those supplies. You don't have running water. You don't have a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different situation. That's yes. a whole different thing, man.
1: And especially when the elders are the ones taking care of their children, their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren and when the first virus hit the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren didn't know about social distancing so they were um having parties get-togethers oh. and everything so they caught the virus but now that they know about it they're self-quarantining themselves mm-hmm. now and so that they don't get the grandparents um sick because they're the ones who are who are financially taking care of them right now mm-hmm. using their social security so right now there's 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 a lady, a grandma she's 80 years old she's taking care of her 55 year old daughter and her daughter has grandkids and her great grandkids so there's four generations living in the house no running water, no electricity, there's 300 elders that live in Ojeto Monument Valley area that means three hundred homes, three hundred families before we left Ojeto and dropped off all the donations to the people of Ojeto and Monument Valley, we gave the donations to the people who were infected to the grandmas and grandpas who were in the wheelchairs, to the little kids who were just running around I feel like nothing was happening to them and and they were so excited where when we pulled up they, they let us in into their house and they waited right there at the yard waiting for us to drop the donations off and they were all happy their, their, their eyes lit up their smiles lit up and It was a great feeling in putting masks in every donation box. I gave freaking about fourteen of them in every box. And the next day, when we went back to the gas station to gas up, they all had the mask on and they were all wearing it. It They didn't have the
0: supplies. Again, people take that for granted. They think that everyone's got masks. Like once you get a mask, or if you live in a city, like you just assume, well, wear a mask. Everyone's got something. But I saw some on the news, there was, there were, um, they arrested a guy in LA because he was selling counterfeit, he was selling bootleg masks, man. Uh-huh. I was like, get out of town. But he was down, I guess, the street from Staples uh-huh. in LA, and he was, those was N, uh, what is it, the N95s or uh-huh. whatever, like the real high quality mask, he was selling them for like, I think, 12 bucks or 15 bucks a mask, two for 20 or something like that, right? But he was selling them, and, um, and, and that wasn't the problem. The problem was that they were totally bootleg. Like, if you look at them, you yeah. can tell they were, they were like, they weren't even close. But it had like the little the little stamp mm-hmm. on it that said it was truly bootleg mm-hmm. masks, and uh, they threw you know they took him to jail and all this kind of stuff. It was on the news, and then they interviewed somebody from the neighborhood, and they were saying like, "Hey man, like I get that he should be selling that stuff, but first off, why would you get why would you expect medical grade stuff on the right. streets? For one, you know, consumers got to know what they're buying. But the other thing he was saying that struck me was that he said, "Where else are we supposed to get a mask? That was that's where I got my mask. That's where everyone was getting their masks because he was selling a bunch yeah, of masks up yeah. in the streets there." There ain't no stores open selling masks right now. If you don't, like, if you're in a big city, you don't sew. Like, where are you That's supposed that. to get masks? So, I think people take for granted that that you can have a mask, or that you have someone that knows how to sew, or that you have a, you know, connection to some kind of medical something. You know, like you have, like, I saw one dude just cut a sleeve off a shirt, was wearing it. But because in California you gotta wear them, and most, yes. you know, most places they want you to wear it and stuff. And um, but again, it's taking that for granted that you have those supplies. But yes. when you get way out there, it wasn't the case, huh? you don't have. That's crazy, man. And so, the the
1: second day, we ran back out to Flagstaff. We went to a outdoor shop mm-hmm. and found solar rain showers. So I was uh, we was able to uh, purchase five of them mm-hmm. and then go back to the senior center to drop them off. So that's the next mission is to supply every family, every home with a solar rain shower. Okay. So they can shower the sickness and the virus off. Yeah. And today we were gathering donations from Home Depot and Food for Less. Uh, there's a lady who's running a nonprofit organization named Sophia Davenport from Los Angeles. Yeah. She is the um, she's the a lady who's gonna be running the first indigenous Native American foster home in Long Beach. Oh, wow. And she's using her organization to help donate, write letters for us so we can get donations from Home Depot, Rouse, um, Food for Less, Mm -hmm. and all the other grocery stores so we can keep making this mission every month so that every house on the reservation will get donations will get bleach cleaning supplies and that's what we picked up today in at home depot and then at food for less we picked up rihanna sausages and we picked up fruit cups for the grandchildren who are self-quarantine right now so and so we're just picking up little snacks that we get, that you get from Smart and Final, you know, mm-hmm. that, that will keep them good, you know, so the, the families don't have to cook for them and they don't have to, you know, get close to them and spread the virus. And next month, we're going to continue on this mission on the first of the uh, first week of June. And all proceeds of Native Ink product. Natives with attitude is going to the families of Monument Valley and Ojito. Everything I make is all going to that family,
0: and we're gonna we're gonna try to hype up as best we can. you know Native Vink, let everybody know we'll share what we can on our social medias and and everything like that. but you can find native ink on on Instagram and whatnot, and just go you know click through and and get some good some good swag. You know, get some good shirts. Going for a good cause right now for sure, man.
1: Yes, it is. It's it, it, everything is is being funded through what we're doing. And you know, I'm I'm not trying to ask for donations. I'm just I'm just trying to, to sell the product so that at least people will get a piece of merchandise and know where the money is going. Mm-hmm. You know, and. And with everything we're doing, we're not going to stop. We're going to keep moving on. When when anybody puts a call out, we're there to make that mission. From east to west, from north to south, the ego and condo is coming. And we're going to make it happen. No matter what we got to do, there's no more borders. There's no more boundaries. There's no more reservations. We're all one people, and we're all one tribe, and we need to become that so we can live another thousand years.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. Man. Thank beautiful. you. That's beautiful, man. That that uh eagle, a condor. Sometimes I don't know if everybody knows what that is. If you don't, you're listening to this. You should really look into that. There's a lot of stuff online. There's resources to kind of hear that prophecy and what that is. You know, but it's really about unity and togetherness. You know, sometimes I joke around, say so we should really throw a hawk in there, too. because to, a lot of people believe in the red-tailed hawk in the southwest, and we should throw the, the quetzal in there for the, the Mayans and all the people there in the central spot. But the bottom line is you're talking about the sacred bird of the north and of the south coming together and all the peoples who are who believe in those in those ways. And it's always been said that, you know, our people have always been connected by this land. And even though these these new borders have been, you know, kind of striped through the middle of it, We'll stay connected and that there'll be a time we all come together and uh, empower each other yes and and there's gonna it's, time we're it's gonna happening right now down them <laughs> and
1: we're going to take it all back
0: i'm waiting for the big earthquake to come and take down trump's wall before it shows up i'm hoping one day <laughs> now nah, but for real though it's it's funny because like they try to make those borders but some of these borders you, you it doesn't work because they're intellectual togetherness you know and things like the internet and social media and and you know that's what binds people together now well one cool thing i've noticed and uh you know my tribe the, the kumui nation we're we're one of those tribes that the border goes right through the middle of us ah. you know half of our land and half of our people are down there and so uh for a good couple of generations it's been a big disconnect between the people mm. of the north and the south i'm pretty yeah. blessed in that my grandpa was from down there he's buried mm. down there and so my dad growing up my dad would you know he has always gone down there, and he, you know, he speaks Spanish and everything, Kmiya and Spanish and English, and so we. I grew up going down there, and he would do like what you're doing right now. He'd do a lot of that kind of stuff, taking, taking food and water and clothes and things like that down there. We'd go down there and sing and, and do stuff like that. So I grew up just knowing that those are our people, but a lot of people in the north would kind of look at them and say, "Ah, they're a bunch of Mexicans," or "Those aren't like they were different people." It was really yeah. weird, and I never understood that, and. My parents would just say, Well, you know, because there's a, you know, they kind of explained to me the history, and I was like, oh, That's interesting. But for me, I always knew that we were one people, so it's real cool that you know, it hasn't been that way for a while. Now, the last 10 15 years seems like our people really acknowledge that in the north and in the south that we're all one people and uh, we, we support each other. So, anyways, along that, it's cool because you know, people get down on social media and whatever, yeah. but it's cool to connect with people down there and then they'll message you and they're messaging you in Spanish, and I don't speak Spanish and I'm messaging them in English, and they don't really speak English, but there's like the automatic translator on there, and we can just have like a real fluid conversation, you know, and it's cool, because we'll throw in, we'll start talking Indian to each other, and then we're using the, the um, you know, the technology to translate the Spanish and English, so we're able to kind of talk our language with each other, and it's, it's cool, I can have conversations with people down there like that, because I don't speak Spanish, I understand a little bit of it, you know, and, I took it in college and all that, but I, I'm not fluid enough to have a good, you know, conversation, but with technology, it's like, I'm able to have that. So that just kind of brings us as a nation together. And it's cool. Cause I've seen some of our groups down there, our people down there come up and, um, and, you know, come to gatherings up here and sing yeah. and participate. And then, you know, and us go down there as well. You know, I've gone down there and continue to sing over the years. And uh, last year, it was really a cool experience because I went to Grand Canyon to Supai Shout out to Supai. As we're talking about all this COVID stuff, they've been locked down for three months now. Yeah. And, you know, um, they're taking care of themselves down there and they're real traditional people and they're good people, but they're down there. You know, they locked everything down at the bottom of Grand Canyon for safety and they are really, they're down there. So shout out to those guys, you know, we're yearning our thoughts and prayers. Um, but it was cool to go down there this last year and there was a group of Pai Pai that went down there and they, uh, family and um, singers and we all sang and danced together down there. And it's cool because they're kind of like from the southern parts of our Pai people, and then going all the way up to the, the Supai. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm coming out They're Supai. You know, we're all like of the Pai groups of people. We're all in the same cultural region. We're able to meet up at the Grand Canyon on the bottom and sing, dance, have a good time with each other. And a lot of that is because we have the technology to kind of help us translate, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And so you know that whole togetherness, that unity. You know, you see it coming. You see it coming together. Uh, Standing Rock you saw a global unity of indigenousness you saw people doing the Maori dance you saw people from parts of northern Siberia and Europe I mean I thought it was pretty cool just to kind of see it unfold you know um, that side of it anyways online people going live and you're seeing people from across America South America all over the world coming into Standing Rock and showing spiritual support you know by being there and singing and dancing and stuff and it's like you're right Once that happened, then it was like all these other calls, people, not everybody, but there's been people following these calls. And so once again, right now is a time where we're seeing, you know, some of our indigenous people there, you know, they need some help, you know, so the calls out, I guess, if you can help, um, if you can't make it, and this is something for me, like I got a family and kids, I wasn't able to go out there, you know, I suggest people out there, if you can't make it, you're like me, um, it doesn't hurt to just, you know, you can always, uh, find an organization. you got one already set up. There's one right there. And you can Venmo, you know, even if you Venmo five bucks, that might help, you know, throw some gas in the car to get somebody, you know, to get the supplies out there, you know, that might buy one bottle of bleach and that's better than none. You might, you know, even if you give a dollar, you're buying a fruit cup for a little kid, you know, and so that, that does help, you know? And so that's what I would encourage everybody to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you Thank could, you, uh, if you can help out, man. Thank you, relative. Yeah, absolutely. So I we, I can't get you out of here without asking or talking to you about your shirt, man. Um, right. let's, let's, you know, let's backtrack for a sec. Right. NW, you know, I got a, You made a comment earlier. You said, you know, when you went out there, you drive your stuff out there because they are so isolated. They're so remote. And if, there's not a lot of spots to buy clothes and stuff out there, that's native and stuff. Yes. That's so true. I went out to uh, North Dakota a while back, uh, about a year and a half ago. I was at a powwow out there and I was wearing a, a shirt from, um, Elvis Hauser, you know, from the next res over. Yes. And I had one of his shirts on and somebody comes up to me and goes, Oh man, you're from San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Do I know you? You know? And he was like, No, no, no. He goes, I recognize your shirt. And it had a bird dancer. Yeah. You know, and it had uh, I forgot what it said. It maybe said it said Res bird on it. And um, it was one of Elvis' designs. And he goes, Man, that's so cool. He goes, Man, I love going to San Diego powwows because they got they got shirts there, they got clothes and people come down, they'll buy a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and then they go back. Because everywhere in the nation is not like that. There's not, you know, there are designers that are, you know, they do sell online or, you know, they're kind of out there. But, like, there's not, like, organic, like, it's not like San Diego, man. We have such a scene. Mm -hmm. You can find, you can go to the Powell and buy, like, 20 shirts, you know, and they're all unique and and they're all good designs. Like, there's great designers in San Diego. You're one of them. And I got to say, that shirt you're wearing has got to be one of the top, top 10, top 5 Indian designs of all time. Native is with Attitude. If you guys can't see it, man, it's the, I know you've seen it online. I know they probably sold it. Somebody sold you one, but this is the real guy who made up the design. I remember when you came up with that design, Native with Attitude, and uh, it blew up, you know, I'll be honest. I, even myself, I I took my picture and put it on one of the Indian chiefs. Hey, Hey. but I've I've seen people kind of put their own chiefs on there and kind of switch Uh, it up. I've seen people kind of just hijack your design and sell it for their own gain and stuff, which is messed up. Um, but it's gotta feel good to know you just put that into the universe and people yes. wear that yes. shirt with pride everywhere. Yes,
1: it does feel good. It does feel good that you know it took off and it, it, it went across the whole the whole reds, you know, everywhere. And you know, it, it it started, you know, just to pay homage to our to our ancestors, to our chiefs who put it down for us, you know, who made it happen and and know, uh, this shirt has Chief Joseph it has Geronimo it has Sitting Bull it has Chief Red Cloud yes <clears> and <throat> you know, all the great chiefs on there and, and what's great about it is that there's three chiefs on there Chief Chief Joseph Chief Red Cloud and Sitting Bull were the three chiefs that signed the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaty, which was the Battle of Greasy Grass, which was when they scalped Custer's hair, his pretty blonde hair, and <laughs> took the United <laughs> States flag. Yeah. And that 1868 Fort Laramie Treaty is what the warriors established as Oceti Shackle the main warrior camp of Standing Rock so if it wasn't for our trees to lay it down and put it down for us we wouldn't have been able to establish a a a great a great time a great life of of coming together as one tribe the rainbow tribe the seventh generation you know and going against Everybody, the National Guard, the United States Army, the Morton County Police, Bismarck County Police, even Standing Rock Tribal Police, all of them. And we did it with no weapons. We did it with our heart, our spirit, our songs, and what the elders would tell us out there. And we did it to protect the sacred mother earth father sky and the lady of the water and what came out was a beautiful thing black snake killers and i want to say rest in peace to my boy larry he's one of them that passed away but was a great frontliner and a great warrior so i want to say a here For bringing me and having me and having us speak about what's going on out there. Because we're going into the infected areas where the grandparents and the grandchildren cannot leave their house or go to the store. Or live so far away on the dirt road they can't even get to the store. So that's who we're hitting up. You know, and, and, and we're doing it, you know, for our people, our people, all of our people, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and it's time, it's time to come together. It's time to be servants to our community, you know, and, and reach out to one another, like mm-hmm. how you reached out to me, and I want to say, yeah, Bennett, thank you. Relative.
0: Yeah, it had to be said, you know. Like I seen you doing that stuff out there, and I said, hey, you know, I know you're busy and you're coming there and back, and if you could come in and and just share what's going on a little bit with everybody out there, appreciate it, you know. So I reached out to you, and I didn't know if you'd be able to. I'm glad that you're able to make it and be here, and uh share because it, it's something that isn't being shared enough out there. You know, the the mainstream media, you know, they're they're running everybody rancid right now. They're really scaring the life out of a lot of people, and then. People don't want to be scared or they don't want to live in that, you know, that feeling. And so they're instead of trying to meet in the middle, they're saying, OK, it's fake. This isn't real. And so people don't know what to think, because, you know, I feel like a lot of the media just really got people lost. And even when the media is not getting people lost, which it seems like it always is, they never really want to talk about our native side of things, you know. And we know yes, right now yes. that that uh, per capita wise, uh, you know, Navajo nation got hit harder than any other state by far, you know, like it's getting hit it's got hit harder than really anywhere in America. And that's only you know, they've had almost, they almost had to bring up, but that's the thing. Meanwhile, there's this package that went out. Everybody got their stimulus checks. You know, they put out these, the, um, the, the act to, to try to give businesses relief and all these kind of things, the, the cares act and all that the same time. It's like the, the funds that have gone to the Navajo nation, they're, they're being held up. You know, a lot of the, the, the funds going to the tribal, Um, groups are being held up, you know, and so they're not getting it. And that's like the the most uh, hard hit area in America. And they're not getting the relief. They're not getting that instantaneous relief that you would think they would want to give to fellow Americans. And the media is not really covering that. So it was important to say like, no, the Navajo Nation is not fine. They do need some help right now. You know, we as people should be trying to step up and help them out. If we can, we need to answer the call like you did, you know, and I think that was important to talk about a little bit, you know, same time, it's hard to do that when everybody is on lockdown, everybody, you know, I, I don't know what the vibe is out there, I didn't go out there, so you coming in and sharing is real important, I think, because you're able to share what's going on out there, and give us a perspective of what it's like over there, you know, from here in San Diego, it's like, it's it's interesting to me, back in March, I was really like, man, this thing had me scared and rocked, I was like, you know, you started hearing what's going on, what the possibilities could be, and like, you might just go through and take all of our elders, you know, it might come to sweep through a res yes. and they talk about oh. they're talking about the high risk. You know, what are the high risk factors? They're like, well, obesity, diabetes, heart problem. I'm just going like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Those are all things that us Native Americans lead the nation in. Like we lead, we lead the nation in all of those adverse medical effects. So that means that we are by population the highest risk. We are the highest at risk population out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I was hearing that like late February, May, March, first thing I thought was like, Oh my god, we're gonna get hit hard if we don't watch out so it's a very scary time it's like lock the res down lock the res down and um but you know it's been a few months and here in san diego the vibe is definitely like well we've been locked down you know and the numbers haven't shown nothing so open it up and so now like people are wanting it open and everything be open everyone's out in the streets and and it's very much a relaxed vibe and i'll be honest i kind of was catching that vibe myself like yeah i guess we can relax but then kind of talking to you and seeing you out there and the work going on and it brings it back to home that, you know what? Yeah, this is a real thing because there are people talking about, oh, this is conspiracy. It's not real. And I go, no, 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 Hold on. There's New York, first off. But then for me, I was well, the Navajo Nation, you know, and so we know that it's real and it's and it can hit hard. And it's and it is hitting hard. It's hitting yes. our people hard right now. And so it's not fake. This is a real thing. And we have to really be cautious and. And um, plan for the worst, you know, you prepare for the worst and you hope for the best, but you have to, you have to be ready to go, man. We have to take care of our people and save them and, and, uh, and um, do whatever safeguards we can, you know, and I think we lose sight of that sometimes, especially with the media, because it is easy, it's easy just to detach and just like, I ain't listening to the news no more. You know, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I know me personally, I was getting on the website and I was looking up the yeah. numbers every night. I'll check out the numbers. And I was like, oh, man, there's like 4,000 people got it in America. You know what I mean? Then I was like, oh, there's 10,000 people that got it. 20,000 people got it. And I was just like, every day I was checking it. My wife's like, you need to stop looking at that. And I was like, I know I need to. And I'm reading everything about it. And i was just like, okay, my brain's going to fall apart. So I was just on it. I was going and going and going and going. And I just had to kind of like detox my mind from it, you know, and get back to, all right, you know, we have time on our hands. For me, I have my son's just turned 18. I have another son at 16. These guys are going to be out of the house soon. This is quality time that I can spend with them. You know, we can, we can, uh, they're kind of forced to be home with mom and dad right mm. now. So we can use that as quality time, hang out with each other, do things. And that's what we've done in my house. You know what I mean? And, and I think my res has done that. Our res has pretty much been on lockdown where I'm not seeing people coming and going. And it's, you know, everyone's kind of safe in their little social bubbles. Yes. It hasn't that's hit here. Cool. The next red, most of the res in SoCal are like that. Everyone's got their social bubbles. No one's getting hit hard with it. And it's been kind of quality family time a little bit. And so the vibe has been kind of chill a little for me. And I feel like we're at an advantage because we are isolated from the rest of the city. Again, that's what I would assume would happen in Navajo Nation, but it didn't go that way. And it said that advantage of being isolated turned into um, kind of a recipe for disaster a little bit if you were to catch it. Yeah, uh, they, weren't,
1: they weren't educated about self-distancing mm-hmm. themselves in the beginning. Yeah. And they didn't have the face mask to even protect themselves. And they didn't know anything about the disease. That Mm -hmm. was the the worst part. And the other part is that, you know, the tourists are still coming in. They're still camping. They're still driving through the reservation. They're still coming in, even though that the the president said you know all everything all the tourist sites are shut down and but they're still coming in yeah still
0: you know gas prices and dropped and you know when no one was going over the gas prices dropped and i see people on social media be like, oh this is a great time for a road trip it's like no stay home man stay home and i know like a lot of people like that was a thing for a minute people were like oh we'll go drive through like look at all those sites and it's wow. like no everything's closed stay home and so um you know, I know the whole, the nation was closed down over there, right? The whole Navajo Nation, I think, was yeah. closed for a minute. I saw the lady, there was a lady online, I don't know if you caught that, it was in the middle of your traveling, but there was a lady that was, she put on the red hat, and she became like a MAGA <laughs> hat wearing, I don't know if you saw that, uh, she was real, uh, for like two days on social media, she was, uh, she was taking the heat, because, you know, she was like, open up the res, open up this gate, don't put us on lockdown, and and she was a native woman. Oh. She was a native woman. And and uh, people were getting upset. sex. They're going, no, we're locking it down to try to protect the elders. We don't want everybody coming in and out. And, no. and she was like, literally, she went and snuck off the res. She, like, recorded herself on a go live. And she went to, like, a um a demonstration. And she's there with all these, like, you know, um like, Trump-supporting looking people, yeah. you know. And, like, just all in that mix. And it was just, it was really uh, a controversial moment. And people were just coming out at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just really trash-talking her. And then the next day, there was a, a girl on Instagram who does makeup, and then she had said some, you know, negative stuff about Native, so everybody wants their attention on that. It's like, man, everyone's been home too long. We got better things to work on, man, but everyone's just been focusing on these things. Like, can we get back to, to uh, Tiger King, you know? But no, it's, it's been an interesting thing to, um, to see everyone's focus on this, some of this craziness right. stuff, man. But um, so, so uh, I did want to say one last, one other thing too, before, you know, uh, while I have you here is, you know, your, your brand, man, I just got to say kudos to you and what you do because, you know, so I see so many like teenagers, you know, like high school age and um right out of high school, young twenties and stuff. And I just see them real proud, you know, when they wear a native brand like that, when they, they're wearing their indigenous, you know, yeah. stuff and their hoodies and stuff you know and I, like right now it's graduation season mm-hmm. so a lot of people are taking pictures with their hats and stuff like that and i've seen people um take pictures with your shirt on you know with you know with their mask and their hat oh, and right. i just thought like Is that's it? cool they're empowered by the brand wow. they're empowered by what you're saying like i am an indigenous person you know i am a native with an attitude and i think sometimes our designers our native designers lose they kind of lose or maybe i don't know maybe they don't but i just I don't know that they understand that they really do empower our people because I remember being, you know, I'm a little older, but I remember being in high school and kind of looking for something to wear like that. And I remember uh, Rudy Rojas, you know, he started a Native Threads brand at that time. And I would wear that because it was real empowering. Like this represents us. This is us made by us. And it's us. Um, Later on, um, my dude, uh, Josh Craddock, had uh, smoke signals. Mm -hmm. Right now he's doing uh, Kumeyaay blood or roots um and uh but anyways like these shirts you know they're they're native and they're made by natives and they represent us it's our voice saying who and what we are and to be able to wear that it's real empowering man and and i just want to you know say kudos to you on that and i don't know you know i know you're a busy guy but i do see it i see our youth wearing those shirts and those sweatshirts and it's really empowering mm-hmm. for them it's cool man it's real good so i hope you keep that up you know if you ever need a model let me know hey yeah, <laughs> no, I'm yeah, just that, kidding. That,
1: that feels good because that was that was the main message in, com- in coming up with troops, mm-hmm. so that our youth can hold their head up high wherever they walk around and say, I'm Native, I'm Indigenous, I'm a warrior, you know, and, and, and bringing that empowerment to our youth is, is, is what's needed mm-hmm. because they're the ones who are going to be in our seats, you know, in the future. So mm-hmm. we have to make sure to let them know that they are warriors, they are leaders, they are hunters, they're protectors, you know, to to the sacred. And that they're special. And that one day, they're going to be the ones running this. Yeah. You know, and we have to empower that in our youth so that they can believe that now. So when they become our age, they're running it. hmm And, and... That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about is Native Inc, Native Incorporated, incorporating all natives, all tribes, all tradition. One day we got to come back as one tribe. That's what Native Inc, Native Incorporated represents, Mm -hmm. is coming together as one
0: tribe. That's beautiful, man. And I feel like uh, I've been privy to see you kind of make the journey, man. I remember when you first were coming around and – you know you're you know out of the military and all that kind of stuff and was years ago now and yeah i remember you, you had your designs come in and you were an artist and you were just kind of like i want to put this out and, and i remember i think it's when you got, you got your nwas when oh. you really hit man when everyone was just like yeah. whoa what's this you know and i remember just seeing that blow up and thinking like man that's pretty cool he's got a good design there you know and everybody was wearing it and uh, i remember you gifted me a, a bandana i had it in my class for a long mm-hmm. time you know and and it was just cool to see that that logo or that uh I don't know that design, I guess just grow to the point where I remember one time I was online and I just saw some random ad come by and someone was selling your design. I was like, Oh dude, it just robbed this guy's design. But it was cool to know that you did that. You know what I mean? Like I know the guy who designed that NWA, you know, and um, like that. And then have the chiefs on there and stuff. And, and uh, it's pretty cool though, man. So, uh, you know, like there's, I'm sure there's kids out there or youth or, or, you know, right now is an interesting time because a lot of people, you know, they're doing occupational changes because yes. the economy's just flipped on its on its head, you know. And it's been like, like a gig economy building anyways where people have two or three things. They have a side hustle. They have a part-time job. They're, or they're Uber driving. They're doing all these different things. And I know, like, there are, there are others out there that maybe have an artistic flair or who do want to get in fashion at some point, you know, who want to maybe create a brand and a design, especially our native youth, you know. But I'm sure there's adults, too, that have been working a job yes. they don't like. And they're like, you know, I just want to pursue my I want to pursue maybe creating a fashion line and stuff. But what would you say to these guys that are up and coming and want to get to where you're at right now? What would what would your, your advice be for them? If there's any guidance you'd give.
1: Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. If you believe it, if you want it, get it. Don't ever let nobody tell you that you're not good enough. Don't let everybody tell you that you can't do it, because you can. You gotta have that mentality, like a, like a racehorse running down that racetrack with the blinders on. You have to look at your your main objective, your main goal, and you gotta flush out everybody's talk around you like that racehorse with the blinders and. Go for your goals. Go for what you want in life. Because if you don't do it, when you get older, you're going to regret it. Make it happen. No matter what you want to do in life. It doesn't have to go with with being a a t-shirt business or anything you want in your life. Shoot for the stars. Because even if you don't make it, you're still amongst them. So go for it. And if you need any help, I'm right here. I'll, I'll help you out. I'll guide you on the hustle. You know? On anything. You know? And it just starts with saving your money. And knowing what you want. And going for it. Kind of like how you, how your heart feels and how your spirit feels. And when you think about it and you put it out there, it's going to happen. You just got to put in the work, though. Because there's going to be times when it's going to be like, man, am I doing the right thing? Oh, I don't want to go out there. Man, you know, people are going to talk. But you know what? You're doing it, you're making it happen, and it makes, it's gonna make you happy at the end of the road, because when you see that person wearing your t-shirt, it makes you happy, it makes you humble. And I wanna say thank you for everybody who's made a purchase, because all you guys made this happen for us to get to Ojato, for us to get to Monument Valley, for us to make this donation. Oh, everybody made this happen. Thank you, Ahe Abena. Thank you, relatives. And I want to say thank you, too, to Priscilla, who works at the Los Angeles um, Adult Sobriety Home. Mm -hmm. She set up a donations uh, facility drop-off, so the people in Los, Los Angeles are dropping off donations for every month right on right on So thank you i want to shout her out thank you again i hear
0: it too and that's important man you know i think a lot of what we're talking about tonight it seems like is uh you know coming through and trying to really come on through and try to help somebody you know you know one thing that i've been talking to people in here about you know uh we had a couple guests that do constructions here the last the last few weeks and um you know, about getting, let's get back to supporting our own people, you know, yes. and it may not seem like a, a big deal, but it's a huge deal, you know, and that's how we, we teach our kids by supporting somebody. They see us support well, our own people. Yes. That's how you grow that self-love and whether we know, sometimes I don't think we're cognizant of the fact that that's how you build that esteem in people. You know, people start to love their own people, love their own ways, the way they look, you know, um, their different things about our culture, our spirituality, just who we are. And if you do that and you put that into the youth, it just builds your self-esteem. It allows them to yes. become strong people. And there'll be a whole generation of teachers Absolutely. that are gonna make sure our grandkids are more powerful. You know, we're, we're building ourselves, but you have to you have to be willing to take that chance to you know, to support another native, you know, or support someone in our community like that. And so if you see somebody's like I was talking to these guys and they do construction, they're saying, you know, it kind of sucks because we can get a lot of jobs on the outside, but sometimes natives they're real they're real skeptical to hire you, you know, maybe they knew you when you were young and you're partying or you were this or that. And they might think like, Oh, I know that guy's going to mess up, but it's like, no, you know, he, like the one guy said, I'm a, you know, I, I'm working hard right now. You know, this is my whole life. Like I'm not going to throw it away. You know, like give me a shot, you know, put me on, I'll build what needs to be built. You know, why are you giving these other guys a shot? You're not giving your own people a shot, you know? So we got to give them a shot. You know, if you know someone who owns a restaurant, go try their food out, you know, give them a couple shots, check yes. it out. And if you know someone who's got a design, you know, a clothing line, go buy, go buy their hats, go buy their beanies, go buy their, their shirts, you know, and because what, what's the option to go wear somebody else's stuff that doesn't represent you or your people or anything, you know, like hmm. I've seen, I've seen people who will wear a Nike shirt, but then a Nike shirt that says native with a feather, they would feel weird about wearing, which makes no sense because that represents them more than the Nike shirt, yes. you know, without the feather and are without the native on it. And especially when someone puts their real artistic, you know, heart, their soul into a design and they're selling it, if you like it, wear it. I don't understand, you know, it's, it's really weird that there are people who don't wanna support our own people but we gotta get back to doing that. We gotta to continue to support ourselves and we gotta to continue to build our self-esteem as a people because I know for me, I come from a reservation and one of the things I see on the res and I see it in our tribal communities too, even off the res, is that we still are living in that crabs in a bucket mentality where, you know, you know we went through a lot of traumatic histories. All of our peoples did, whether you're on the res or off, you know. And what happens is, is if you take this person, we know that if you take a kid and you traumatize that person, you abuse that person as a kid, they grow up, they have self-esteem issues. You know, they don't feel good about themselves. They're dealing with things. They have anxieties. And so if you do that to a whole community, they all have that. And they don't even see it in themselves or others because they've just been bred into that. They've been brought up into that and so one of the things that a person with low self-esteem tends to do is they tend to not want to see others do better than them because you know it's cool to clap for someone oh you're doing good but then when they do a little bit too good then it becomes well if we come from the same place and they're doing good then what does that say about me you know why am I not doing as good as that person and so they want to bring that person down and that's where the crabs in a bucket thing comes in where it's like you know, everyone's trying to get out of that out of that bucket or trying to get out of that pot, yes. you know, but they keep pulling each other down. Like you'll let them get high, but you won't get them get too high. You want to pull them down. Instead of saying, no, brother, you know, keep flying, keep doing your thing. And maybe you can help us out. If not, we'll find our own way to get out, but we're going to do this. But instead we keep pulling ourselves down, pulling each other down. And that's the self-esteem thing. But same time, like you kind of, it's almost to be expected because we did have all that trauma. So what do we do to fix that? Well, we got to start trying to in, in, increase the, esteem of our people we have to start you know practicing self-love we have to start you know try to understand why people are what they are and have the empathy for each other and we have to have self-empathy too we have to look at ourselves our own family histories and realize maybe why we're angry or why we are why we think and behave the way we do or you know maybe we have our own family histories that um that put us in a position to maybe be hating on someone else you know because i'll be honest I've, I've had times where i'm even trying you know i start wanting to hate on someone or joke around and I'm like oh i need to stop myself you know i need to um you know i need to support this person because they might seem strong but they might need that support right now and you see a business and it's like i got like 40 bucks on me and they're selling a shirt I, you know what i'll go buy the shirt you know what mm-hmm. i mean like maybe i should save the money but you know what i want to support this dude you know i want to support this lady or you know, if someone's got a, a booth, you know, we got to support those guys because we really do have to support one another. If we're going to, if we're going to make it out of this, you know, if yes. we're gonna continue to survive. You're talking about the condor, or the Eagle, you know, I think people hear that and they think if they're not from that mindset, they think of it like it's so like poetic or like so Indian and they just want to talk business, you know, or something, but it's like, no, that has a direct impact on everything that we do as indigenous people. You know, when you put out a billboard, and we don't have any natives on there no representation what are we telling our youth that we're not good enough to be on that billboard you know we should be having ourselves in our own marketing we should have ourselves you know in the middle of all of this stuff to show that we are part of this fabric that we are something special you know when uh, people go buy jewelry they'll go buy a ten thousand dollar earrings or bling but then like they want to like hit up a beader and be like oh can I get it for cheaper it seems like a lot of money and it's like no this isn't just some beads that someone glued yeah. on a This is designer beadwork. Someone put hours of their life into that. You know, you're lucky you're getting it at a premium. You should be getting this, you know, three times what they're asking, Um, you know, and things. So it's mentalities like that, that we have to kind of check ourselves and be like, you know what, man, we really should be asking to try to support one another as opposed to like being asked to support one another, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so whether the call goes out or not, we need to, in my opinion, we need to get on it. And I'll say this, dude, powwows, and I'm going to ask, I want to ask you about this too, powwows and gatherings and things like that. I, I tend to walk around and talk to the vendors yes. just to, I just like doing that. You know me, I'm always, hey, what's up? Right. but, um, you know, a lot of these powwows and vendors, uh, they'll bring in vendors that are non-native. Yes. I noticed that and, you know, not to hate on non-natives by any means, because most natives I know are very open to, you know, all peoples and stuff. They ain't trying to hate on nobody, but that's a very small market that's going on there at that powwow, very small market at that gathering. There's only so many people that are there, there's only so much money that's brought there to yes. buy to commerce. And it's like the one opportunity that a lot of native entrepreneurs have to try to make a buck or to continue their product or to continue their their uh, like you got a clothing line, you know, it's one of the few opportunities they have to really put that out to the people. And now they're in competition with people that aren't even native. I don't, I have, have you had any thoughts on that or has that been something that's kind of <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot man but is that have you experienced that or is it not so bad in the clothing I know what the food yeah the I've, kind had, of is. I've
1: had experiences with with uh non-natives and natives of stealing my designs and uh you know out here in, in California and San Diego And then taking it back to another state and reprinting it, you know, and making money off the design. You know, I know another non-native at the powwow who walks around and looks at all of our native designs and then goes back and recreates an image using our designs, you know, and... He's at every gathering, every powwow. So, yeah, I, I know, but all it all that matters is that the people out there, you know, if they like what they see, if they get it, then, you know, it's up to the people, mm-hmm. you know, I don't try to encourage, I don't you know say anything it just depends on the person's liking Mm -hmm. you know of what's out there and i've always tried to put out you know stuff that's radical stuff that's warrior stuff that's you know will catch that person's eye with Mm -hmm. the red and the black and the white you know and and just to make sure that you know it's it's competition out there and everything there's competition you know so you're always gonna have to you're always gonna have competition and you just gotta always remember to put out what is true what is real and the people will know
0: yeah i like that man that's good because you know Sounds like you're just keeping it positive. Whatever, man. Just gonna keep pushing. Yeah, I'm that's keep good. you don't have to say it. I'll say it. Hey, powwows, gatherings, man. Try to get our own people in there. You know, give them preference yeah. if you can. Because I I know that like some state in New Mexico, I think right. You have to have a. You're yeah, supposed to. Um, you have ID, to have a an ID.
1: ID. to make sure you're legit as a Native American vendor, seller, and everything is Native American name. So, yes, that should be, that should happen in all the states and all the powwows and all the gatherings to make sure the native money stays in the native community. Because when the non-natives come in to the powwows and to the gatherings, they're taking that native money back to the native family and feeding them when that native money should go to the native people who are selling their beads who are selling their their gourds who are selling their medic uh their their uh traditional materials and when they're selling their 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 you know t-shirts jewelry you know that that money should go back to the native people so that money stays in the native people and grows to where we're bringing the people up to the same you know, all together, hozo, you know, harmony, where we all live together as one. If we see a native that's down, let's help them up to make sure we're all equal.
0: Yeah, I like that, man. I mean, you know, the last thing we want to do is start to, um, you know, exploit our own people. <laughs> or exploit our own yeah. cultures at our own yeah. gatherings. But, you know, I know people throw gatherings and they don't think about that. they just like, oh, let's get all the vendors there. Let's get everybody we can. And then, you know, you're bringing in people and they're not even of our culture, of our people, you know, because our people are not native but are in our culture and around, you know, I think they're always taken in and, re- you know, received well, it seems like, but that's, there are some vendors out there that I have seen that are kind of predatory. They are, there still in designs, they are there, you know, getting stuff from China and they're in direct competition with their own native um, artisans. And that stuff's rough because they're given an advantage over our own people and it's by our own people. They're given that advantage. And I want to say one other thing too, man, is that gatherings and, um, and powwows and conferences, all these different functions that are in native country, you know, can we stop, can we stop pretending that the, the, the vendors are the richest people there because they're not, <laughs> that is the word you, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard that, but I know people are like, Oh, you know, like a powwow is trying to make some cash. We'll, we'll charge the vendors more money. It's like, wait a minute, dude, you're, you're charging, um, People who have to travel, that's cost to travel. A lot of times if it's a two-day powwow, they have to get a hotel room, all that stuff. You're charging them to set up, you're charging them a raffle item, you know, you're charging them all these things, and there's no guarantee that they're even gonna sell anything. Especially when it's a powwow and there's not a lot of people there. You know, there might be a lot of dancers. Oh, we have all the champions in the house. All right, all the champions are in the house, but is there a big crowd that's gonna come and buy all these goods? And I've talked to vendors that have said, like, you know, some of these powwows, they're like, you know man i gotta i gotta sell like a grand just to break even Hmm. and you're just like oh my god you have to sell a thousand dollars worth of stuff to break even how do we get ourselves in that predicament you know and it's like there's a lot of vendors don't make they lose money on powwows you know or they might have one or two engagements a year that really keep them floating the rest so if you do see a vendor they seem like they're killing it don't assume they do that every weekend you know and especially right now it's got to be rough man that everything's shut down all these powwows are shut down gatherings are shut down you know, everything's kinda all the cultural stuff's been shut down. We're having virtual we had virtual I threw together some right, virtual yeah. gatherings, you know, virtual powwows and um Morongos doing a virtual did a virtual powwow. And it's good to get the vibes out, the songs out, you know, and connect social. But the vendors, man, they're not getting that love, you know, mm-hmm. they're not gonna have that opportunity. But uh yeah, can we stop pretending that the vendors are the wealthiest people there, man? It's not fair, it's not cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Is it rough right now though with all of this COVID stuff or
1: uh, it's uh, you know, like first, first it was, but then when I put myself out of the situation and saw the people that have less than what we have, than what I have, I'm not living rough. I'm living. Mm-hmm. And they're grateful. I'm, I'm grateful right now because those people out there, they're living rough. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in need. They're hurting. The grandmas and grandpas can't even visit their own children, they're locked up in their house. And when I went home, I couldn't even see my mom. Because the doctor said she was so vulnerable that she has to stay inside her house. And she's been quarantined inside her house for two months now. I couldn't even go in her yard. I had to holler from the fence. And she stood at her door. Couldn't even hug her. Can't even go inside your mom's house. That's how bad it is. And family relatives passing away, you know, from it and seeing it right in front of your eyes and seeing seeing people with no water, with no electricity, but the kids are out there with it. And it's like, what are we going to do? Why, you know, what am I doing? What are we doing? you know, and, and that just made it the mission, you know, put, put everything aside, it's not about us no more, it's about the people in need, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's the big mission right now, is to make sure that the people who are less fortunate than us, at least gets a piece of something that was taken from the life and medicine of our people.
0: I don't know, man. Well, I thank you for uh, for sharing that, for sure coming and giving us the lowdown. You know what's going on over there, you know, give us a little understanding. Because we don't see it, you know, it's not, like I said, the media is not going to cover that. We know that, you know, and people aren't traveling, so you're not seeing a lot of images coming out. You know, unless you have family that comes from that nation, you're not really seeing too much, you know. So, you know, I know people's uh, thoughts and prayers have gotta be in that in that direction, I'm sure, you know. And um, but for anybody out there wanting to uh donate and you know, go out there and look for ways to do that, you know, go look for ways that you can help. You might have your own unique way to help. Um, but you can of course uh hit up native Inc., you know, on Instagram. Um and advice, and whatever you buy right now, as you said, you know, proceeds go to that. You know, hit them up, you know, directly. And, and maybe there's ways you, if you have an organization, maybe your organization can help. um We're gonna put all the information here at the end. But um you know, out in LA, there's an organization helping right now, as you spoke. And so, with that, man, thank you for coming in, Mr. Emerson Joe, Native inc <laughs> live from the Res, ladies and gentlemen. Stay healthy and one on, love one another. Peace.